This is Battleground Ballot Box, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Fowler, and on this episode, we're continuing to unpack how Georgia's election landscape has changed since the nationally watched 2018 governor's race. We left off at the end of 2019 when the Secretary of State's office began delivering Dominion ballot marking devices, scanners, and other voting equipment to 159 counties facing several lawsuits over those machines. Now it's a new year. Georgia has been legally ordered to no longer use its old and paperless voting machines. By mid-February of this year, the final trucks of voting equipment leave a nondescript warehouse northwest of Atlanta. Gabe Sterling, the Secretary of State's resident logistics manager for this rollout, said it was a massive undertaking to deliver everything in a timely manner. It is next to impossible to explain how many things had to go out in such a short period of time because it's not just the big touchscreens. It's like the peripherals. It's the uh, ADA equipment that has to be tested and go out. It's every printer. It's every scanner. Um, you know, we have all the ballot boxes. You got to make sure they're not cracked or broken on their locks. I mean, it is literally, I think I, think I did a math, it's something close to 200,000 pieces of this different pieces and parts, and it's probably even more than that. All the while, county elections officials have been preparing for the first big test of the new voting system, the March 24th presidential preference primary. But then... Now back to the breaking news about the coronavirus. Governor Brian Kemp just confirming the first two cases here in Georgia. Starting with breaking news tonight at 9, Georgia's presidential primaries postponed because of fears over the coronavirus. State elections officials saying tonight the primaries will now be moved from March 24th to May 19th. New tonight, Georgia is pushing back its primary election. Last month, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger delayed the presidential primary until May 19th, combining it with the regularly scheduled general primary. But now the election is moving to June 9th. The, the coronavirus pandemic upended life as we knew it, forcing businesses to close, schools online, and sending elections officials like Lee County's Veronica Johnson scrambling to make in-person voting safe. I'll be honest, it's getting a little scary. You know, at first it's, um, you know, you go with the flow and you, and you do what you're told, you know, social distancing as much as you can and hand washing and all of that. But, but after a while, it really starts to get to you. I talked to her in April when her southwest Georgia county was in the middle of a COVID-19 outbreak that is to this day one of the worst in the country. Her daughter is a nurse at the main hospital in Albany. And trying to figure out how to bring people into close quarters to cast their vote and how to keep elderly poll workers safe was exhausting. This is very unprecedented and I can't, I've been doing this 20 years and I can't wrap my head around everything that needs to be done right now. But one thing helped. Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger took another unprecedented step of mailing absentee ballot applications to 6.9 million active voters. As you heard from Bacon County's supervisor, Georgians typically don't vote by mail in large numbers. While that cut down on the potential number of voters at the polls, it created new problems as mountains of paperwork came in, like what Phyllis Wheeler had to deal with. Um, we're a small county, but we've just been overwhelmed by the, the number of ballots. Coming back, we processed uh, already over 3,500, because in 2018, we only had 800. 
She's in McDuffie County outside Augusta in East Georgia, where processing thousands of ballots for the June primary was crippled after two staffers tested positive for COVID-19 on the second day of early voting for the primary. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can. I started doing this in 91 here in McDuffie County, and I've never let them down. And I think they know that I'm going to do what I can do and as best I can do it, and I'm going to keep this office rolling. So. Later that week, the only early voting site in Appling County was closed for several days after one of 28 voters that showed up tested positive for the virus as well. And in Fulton County, Georgia's largest, an election worker died from the coronavirus, halting election operations for days and making a large backlog even larger. Throughout the early months of 2020, local elections officials had warned of three main issues— a shortage of trained poll workers, longer lines because of fewer voting machines, and fewer polling places open because of the virus. Even with those repeated warnings, voters and the national media were not prepared for what happened on June 9th. Yesterday, it was a mess in the Georgia primary. What happened? Why was it such a uh, cluster munch? In the weeks leading up to Election Day, 80 polling places closed in the greater metro Atlanta area, and one in 10 statewide moved somewhere else. The symbol of these changes and these problems emerged in Fulton County. A Midtown Atlanta church was unavailable, so the two precincts that voted there moved to a Midtown high school, which already had three other precincts cast their ballots there. But just before the election, school officials told Fulton County they would be unavailable as well, which is how we got 16,000 active voters being assigned to Park Tavern, normally known as an idyllic restaurant and event space tucked into the corner of Atlanta's premier park. While not all 16,000 voters showed up on Election Day, more people meant longer lines. In fact, more than 300 were waiting to vote before polls even opened. Elsewhere on Election Day, things were not going great. A DeKalb County poll had only 4 out of 12 poll workers show up. Then the machines weren't working, and the icing on the cake, they ran out of backup paper ballots after just 20 votes, leaving many residents like 80-year-old Anita Hurd in line for hours. I'm frustrated and crying. I'm sorry. Because America has gotten to the point that we are now taking the liberties of people even voting from them. How can we do this? We're supposed to be the best. And we have proven ourselves at this time to be worse than any country alive. About 10% of Gwinnett County's polling places did not have any voting machines by the time polls open after a botched delivery plan. Bibb County voters were given incorrect paper ballots when machines stopped working, and in many predominantly black communities, voting took longer. Before the end of the day, dueling press releases were flinging blame at the state and the counties, and the first statewide test of Georgia's new voting machines was declared a disaster. What we're seeing here is the failure to fix things uh, when the opportunity was given. This was a sort of a, a a confluence of a different of a bunch of different problems. Except most counties had very little issues and the Secretary of State's office honed in on Fulton County as the main culprit of voting woes. Standing outside Park Tavern, flanked by posters with more than a decade's worth of Fulton election problems, the state's top election official asked lawmakers to allow his office to more directly intervene in how counties run elections. 
from our data from election day so far, approximately 70% of all the issues in the state were in Fulton County. Fulton County's issues are now conflated with Georgia's elections overall, in spite of the Georgia election officials and workers who have worked their fingers to the bone to bring us a successful election. He also called for a new plan to make November better for all voters, including more tech support in every polling place, better training for newer, younger poll workers, and more polling places. But most importantly, Georgia officials want you to vote before Election Day. Historically, in the general election, we see about 50% of voters vote ahead of the Election Day, 50% vote on Election Day. We need to bump that number up. Imagine what Tuesday would have looked like had we not had the absentee ballot program. A few weeks later, Fulton County got a lifeline when the Atlanta Hawks announced their giant arena, empty because of an NBA season played at Disney World, would be the state's largest ever early voting site. I'm Steve Coonan, CEO of the Atlanta Hawks and State Farm Arena. And as Tony said, we aim to be a community asset. And in order to fulfill that goal, We need to be more than just a basketball team. Atlanta's public transit system reopened a station below the arena, parking decks were made free, and Hawk staff were trained as poll workers to operate 100 voting machines. While turnout was down in a runoff race, thousands of people used the arena with little issue. And the state election board also took steps to improve voting before November. They approved one rule that allows county workers to begin processing absentee ballots starting two weeks before Election Day, meaning they can do everything but tabulate the results before polls closed. Also, while Raffensperger decided not to mail out absentee ballot applications to millions of voters again, Georgia did launch an easier way to request a mail-in absentee ballot. Starting next week, rather than having to fill out an absentee ballot application and mailing or emailing it back, Georgia voters can now apply online. Now let's walk through the absentee voting process. Fill out your name, date of birth, county, and driver's license or voter ID number, and a couple minutes later, you're done. More than 1.2 million Georgians have requested an absentee ballot so far, and nearly a quarter million have been through that online portal. As those ballots go out in the mail, the November 2020 election is officially underway, but not without controversy. On September 8th, Secretary of State Raffensperger announced the beginnings of an investigation into allegations of double voting in the primary. For now, there's no evidence that those voters did so intentionally or that both votes even counted, but the message from him was clear. Let me reiterate this. Every double voter will be investigated thoroughly. A double voter knows exactly what they are doing, diluting the votes of each and every voter that that follows the law. Those that make the choice to game the system are breaking the law. And as Secretary of State, I will not tolerate it. This came on the heels of President Trump encouraging his supporters to vote twice in North Carolina and a slew of misinformation about the absentee voting process and many headlines about the state's announcement of double voting allegations didn't help matters. Still, many election observers feel that preparations for November are going smoother than expected, like former gubernatorial nominee Stacey Abrams. I am cautiously optimistic that the pledge made by the Secretary of State that he would actually do his job this time 
that he would make certain that there are technicians to man the machines, that he will ensure that absentee ballots actually get sent out, that he will help our counties do their jobs, which is his job, that he will actually do the job of resourcing our local officials and supporting their efforts. He pledged that he would do so at his press conference a few months ago, and my hope is that he will follow through. Counties have recruited thousands of new poll workers to almost overstaff the polls. They've held more trainings to get people comfortable with the complex system, and in Metro Atlanta, more polling places are being added. In Fulton County alone, officials approved more than 90 new places to vote since the primary, splitting up crowded sites but creating a new challenge as people might not know where to go. And now we sit just five weeks before November 3rd, watching and waiting to see how the changes and turmoil of the last two years will be remembered in the history books. In the coming weeks, we'll touch on everything from how poll workers are trained to how the courts have shaped our election laws and how to make a voting plan that works for you. I'm Stephen Fowler. This is Battleground Ballot Box, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. You can subscribe to our show at gpb.org slash battleground or anywhere you get podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Our editor is Wayne Drash. Our intern is Eva Rothenberg. The director of podcasting is Sean Powers. And our engineer is Jesse Neiswanger. Thanks for listening. Thank you.